0: If you are into sustainability and cannabis, this show is for you. Hi, I'm Benjamin Douglas Ray, the creator and host of Sustainable Cannabis TV, a daily 30-minute interview show focused on sustainable practices within the cannabis industry. Sustainable Cannabis TV is designed to give listeners in-depth insights, knowledge, and stories of industry professionals who are positive impacting the world and making a difference. This show is brought to you by my line of organic hemp CBD products called 8 Saints Brand. THC free creams, balms, and tinctures to ease joint pain, reduce anxiety, and help you sleep better. Check them out at 8SaintsBrand.com. It's uh, Benjamin Douglas Ray with another edition of Sustainable Cannabis TV. I'm here with John Kester. How are you doing today? Good, Ben. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. So uh, this episode is brought to you by BudsFeed, LinkedInforleaders.online, and 8Saints brand uh, organic hemp CBD products with made with Colorado organic hemp. Say so, uh, uh, for the viewers out there, my uh, my camera just chunked up here, so we're going to go ahead with audio. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Tell us about your your experience. You are the director of sustainability services at Zone Properties, and I'd love to hear about what you do there. But first, let's get into your background.
1: Great. Yes. Thanks again for having me, Ben, and really enjoyed watching the episodes thus far, and look forward to sharing more about my experiences so far in the regulated cannabis space, and also how I got here. So I would say my interest in conservation and sustainability started um, with my parents dragging me around the national parks. I am now a very avid adventurer and explorer around the country of all those national parks and appreciate every opportunity about in the outdoors. And it's just such an important space. So that's most of my motivation for why I care about things like sustainability and how I've gotten into doing that as a career. So in terms of my path to my current role, I started uh, studying biology initially and then tacked on economics while I was in college. And that exposed me to both the social and the economic side of sustainability. And to see the interdisciplinary overlaps between those two disciplines different disciplines and topic areas identified where we can start to have conversations that link between the different factors that motivate um, you know the positive outcomes in those different sciences so i continued down that path and took a few environmental economics courses and really honed in on energy policy as a focus area i then took that initial um Foray into the social and the economic sciences there and then did a master's degree in sustainable communities and that focused on kind of that third pillar of the social um, aspect of sustainability versus the profit and the economic uh, factors so getting into the issues that we'll talk about today i'm sure like social justice and things that are really um, foundational to the success in this industry i think i Uh, really got a good learning process of being in that sustainable communities program during my master's degree. And I continued to stick to that stay in school slogan and uh, continued with my PhD here at the University of Arkansas. And I did that in um, environmental dynamics was a program. And I focused on environmental public policy, specifically sustainable energy options. That uh, academic background has really brought, uh, I think, a unique perspective into this um, sustainable services uh, role that I currently have. It allows me to tap into some of the case studies and things I came along the way and provide a very analytical approach. And then my background that I think one of the topics we'll talk about today is the consumer product goods space and what they're doing around sustainability and how to take a practical approach. So finding that really good common ground between what is the academic impetus and what can be done practically to continue to drive business forward. So uh, really appreciate my upbringing and my focus on conservation. And I'm so happy to be able to do it as as my role here at Zone Properties.
0: Uh, that's awesome. You know, uh, John Thompson was on the show yesterday. He was also a PhD. So something about Johns, I think now and academic <laughs> and, uh, excellence. So welcome to have you here. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can see, my video is uh, chunking here. So we'll just continue on. Um, you know, I do want to talk to you about that, your uh, CPG industry experience and how that's really aligned with corporate social responsibility as I've talked a lot about that here, especially the first of the year, really challenging CEOs to make their corporate social responsibility program include sustainability. So how do you see those
1: two align going forward? Yes, great question, Ben, and happy to speak to where that inclusion piece that you just mentioned is really important. I think often sustainability can seen as an additional um, encumbrance or something that has to be Um, added on to existing things, when really it should be something that's included and integrated to the overall corporate strategy. And that CSR framework is a great approach to take when pursuing sustainability. And as it relates to the consumer product goods space, i say they're still learning, but it's a very mature framework and strategy that they've developed to say what goals they have internally, as well as externally as it applies to their supply chain. So where regulated cannabis is going, I think they can continue to take their own unique and adaptive approach, but if they're going to continue down the regulated path and this um, great expansion of the industry, as it moves forward, taking cues from the existing policies and approaches that are in something like the CPG space, as um, cannabis becomes active in those markets too, in the future, understanding what key performance indicators, sustainability, and corporate social responsibility are asking for will set them, all these companies up for their leadership. And that is one of the areas that we focused on when we talk with people in the industry and when we attend all the different events that are happening, that is where um, we really see the opportunity around that effort to have more transparency, more data tracking, and really hone in that supply chain focus as it exists within the industry. So, in terms of the consumer product goods space, they understand a lot of their environmental impact and social impacts are happening within those supply chains, maybe outside their own direct operations. And so there are steps to take to establish those lines of communication as they exist, as this industry expands and grows in order to develop those strategies to move forward and to um, really support sustainability in a good faith effort um, going forward.
0: Do you you see that it's something that companies are saying, um, we're gonna lead with this, Because we believe it's the right thing to do, you know, to align their CSR Mm -hmm. programs over the next five years or because they're getting pressure uh, just from the world or COVID or consumers or whatever. You know, what's the disparity Mm -hmm. or difference there?
1: I think the latter is what's the driving factor. Definitely there's that consumer pressure. And I think that was part of the reason things, excuse me, kicked off. In the CPG space as well, the um, organizations that have the resources and the wherewithal and foresight to establish this leadership have definitely taken the initial steps. And you see that um, process of diffusion often happen happening. There's the leaders and then the laggards start to come along and follow in suit as people take on some more of these different strategies. But I would say there's a large impetus to do it and the industry will continue to um really push for it. And I will say in the regulated cannabis space, there's good people there. And there's a real value behind the plant itself that I think they can, you know, market themselves to drive off of what is inherently good and intrinsic to the industry, and then take in the lessons learned from the other spaces. So you're not falling in line necessarily, but you're able to kind of stand on the shoulders of the sustainability corporate social responsibility framework that has been established in those other spaces. So I I do think it will be continued to be driven by the consumer side of things. And it will be something that when companies identify it as a leadership capability, they will um, continue to stand out.
0: Good, great. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a, a comment here from Nisha, which I'm gonna read. What are your thoughts on B Corp certification? A good start? Not enough? Just a marketing
1: tool? What do you think, John? Uh, I'd say B Corp out of the certifications that exist out there is very good. Um, They have vetted a lot of their um, characteristics and things that you have to meet to go for that certification. And I think it is a great starting point for companies to value themselves and put that mark and join larger organizations that are in other industries to say, we're meeting those same benchmark requirements they are. So in terms of that specific certification, I think it's a great one. And it also gets back to that initial discussion we were having, Ben, and thanks so much for that comment being shared, is that um, you You want to see where you can build off of existing certifications and then bring in what might be unique to the space.
0: You know, if you're if you're just a company starting up, would you say that you would just start like that? Or is it something you want to add? Like what are the, you know, the costs associated with, does it take extra Mm -hmm. time? Like what do
1: people need to know about B Corp? Yes. So the um, requirements can come off as fairly stringent if it's the first time you're looking at this type of certification, meeting all of the um, data tracking and transparency requirements that are there and what you're doing to um, benchmark and continue to follow up on those um progress points. Um, We'll talk about this a little bit later, but that's really the importance of doing an assessment even before you get into one of these certifications. So you want to identify where your strengths and opportunities exist around sustainability. So something like looking at the B Corp certification is a great way to identify how far along you are and already addressing some of these sustainability issues and what you might um, pursue in the future. And I think that's another really important point that you look at it as here are strengths that we're already doing and we're making progress and here are opportunities versus we're missing here, we haven't even started and this is not something that we have the ability to do. But framing it as there, every company is doing something that is improving around sustainability or at least gives you the information to benchmark around against um, some of these certifications mm-hmm. so it's really important to level set where you're at and you can use those certifications as a framework or you can do your own assessment before you dive into one of those um, certifications to have some of that information on the forefront to determine whether or not you're ready for that certification or what other approach you might take before you um, go for one of those opportunities.
0: Got it, great, okay. Well, you mentioned something a minute ago about you know cannabis and kind of some unique opportunities Within this to be aligned with where where it's going forward, obviously it is a a, a form of CPG. It always has to be packaged in something. So let's talk yep. about the unique opportunities within cannabis that you see.
1: Yes. So um, in terms of the unique opportunities, I think adapting to those policies and regulations that exist, uh, they can sometimes be seen as challenges, especially things around packaging is a major area where I think there's opportunity, but you have to um, exist within the spaces there, whether it's the safety uh, things that are included or the um, packaging and how long it's lasting and keeping the freshness of the product and everything. But packaging is, is an area where I think there's a unique opportunity for them to find unique solutions because you're having within a um, constraints and that is where you find innovation so i think that's an area because it's something that is both a marketing tool as well as a quality control aspect so that is an area where within cannabis if they can continue to drive um, innovation around there and not let it be an impeding factor and just saying well because of a b and c we can't do this Instead, it's because of A, B, and C, we have the opportunity to come up with a new solution. It's easier said than done in a lot of cases, but I think if cannabis can kind of reinvent some of the approaches to packaging, because that's often seen as a lower hanging fruit in other industries and um, the consumer product goods space, for example, that this is actually kind of, it has a unique challenge to it. So I think that's one area there. And then the existing policies that, it, that are around indoor cultivation versus outdoor cultivation, seeing what they've been able to do to work within those constraints of having to be um, kind of forced indoors in some cases, mm-hmm. that's another area where cannabis can kind of lead and say, we have grown this plant indoors where it has the opportunity to be done both indoors and after outdoors, but working within those constraints, that's another area where they can continue to say, this is what we learned from having to work within this um, current framework. And as the industry grows and the regulations and policies change, how can we leverage that um, learning process and then move that into the outdoor space as well. So I think cannabis is well poised to leverage itself and highlight those areas. And my real interest in getting into the industry itself, from having exposure to other spaces, is that this, what bigger opportunity is there than the cannabis space right now? It truly is in terms of sustainability, a a ground for, you know, something that's new, but something that's been around a while and is just, um, such an interesting narrative to see where it's gone and where it's going and where it could go. And I truly hope that sustainability becomes a core piece of that. And the cannabis space can be looked back on in the future as somebody who was able to go through all of these regulations and challenges, uh, given its history and then to come out on the other end as the regulated cannabis market and have to be seen as a sustainability leaders in this process and I think there still is that opportunity there there the industry is not there yet but there is the foundation for um, you know progress in the space
0: you know one of the one of the posts that I did here on LinkedIn it was probably about a month ago a simple question said you know does the cannabis industry compare uh, uh, care about sustainability and do cannabis consumers care about sustainability? And, you know, I had something like 140 comments, both both sides, you know, a lot of great debate in there. I don't wanna say argument, I wanna say debate because mm-hmm. there's a lot of learning experiences in there on both sides that, right. you know, the industry does care, but it's too expensive comments about um, they don't care uh, to, Uh, It'll never work until it costs less or costs more. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I find it very interesting that we do have the ability to shape whatever it is, but people are not on the same page about what, first of all, sustainability means within the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. Secondly, what to do about it. So how do you, when you're working with these companies in terms of, you know, corporate social responsibility, which is, you know, primarily for larger companies as part of their mandate, but in smaller companies... How do you start to talk about that stuff, about the importance and and see it in terms of that? Is it important at all and how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, and that's great to build off that conversation that you were able to inspire there in proposing that question. And I think the best starting point is finding that common ground. I think it's so important not to come in and as the sustainability consultant or as a sustainability advocate and say, this is what you should do and why you should do it. And if you're not doing it, then you're being a poor performer and um, we're not interested in working with you. It's much better to take the approach. And I purely believe in it. It's not just a a tactic to get somebody on board with um, doing sustainability. It's finding the common ground that exists in where you want to go as an organization yourself, whether you want to increase your profits, you want to increase your exposure to your audience, or you want to better understand how you can be more efficient uh, implementing some of these sustainability practices going forward if you can find out where the company is and where you exist currently in your own mission and strategy i think sustainability can then be adapted within that and integrated so that is one of the key discussion points early on and that assessment I've talked about a few times is that you're finding out what those strengths are, and how those already align with something like corporate social responsibility. So if you already have a mission that is aligned with having a cleaner environment, building better social justice within the market, and um, pursuing all of these um, sustainability practices, you might already be um, making progress in this space, but you may not have identified yet as it uh, corporate responsibility uh, approach or a sustainability strategy. So I think finding where you are at currently and finding the common ground is the right approach versus a package product that is saying you need to do all these things around energy and water and waste and saying, here you go, do these things and then you will be making progress. You want to have those strategies identified, but it's much um more important to start with the level set of let's get on the same page find some common ground and identify where the, um, sustainability opportunities exist within what you're already doing. And then you can start to work on benchmarking and progressing forward in the future. But where I've seen the, um, most signs of acceptance and willingness within something like the consumer product goods space has been when that is, uh, the strategy that's, that's, um, taken advantage of. It's something where those companies have been included in the conversation and identifying the key performance indicators, and then they feel like they're part of the uh, process versus something where they're being asked to do something additional.
0: You know, I I see it as kind of a long-term play. You're thinking about it long versus short. So on the short side, you may say, well, currently, if I'm gonna get a sustainable package, Uh, you know, speaking about packages specifically, it costs more, so I'm not going to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, so that argument right there, I say, well, I'm challenging the industry to be innovative, to say, well, there should be less material. So let's find a way to make it less expensive, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's oversimplification. But, you know, when you just think about one individual piece, right now, it may be more expensive, it may be more expensive to you know, get your water a different way or, or to grow a different way or to be located yeah. in a different place. But when you add those all together and take those over time, it certainly needs to be, can be, should be less expensive overall. And you're also saving the soft costs like, you know, doing better for the environment, things like that. But you can actually see a reduction in what you're spending by maybe the credits that you're receiving. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you get more customers because you're talking about sustainability, and you're just not in it for the short, you know, short hit. Which a lot of companies in this space they get into it and they say, "I'm going to make money and cash out." We all know it doesn't work like that. You know, it's uh, as this industry matures, uh, it's getting to be much more so like any other business where you have to have a, a long-term view. You got to put in the work. You have to invest. You have to innovate. You have to have good people, and you consistently have to have a commitment to doing what's right over the long term and the mm-hmm. companies that do that are going to succeed for for all those reasons as opposed to just saying this package costs more so I'm not into sustainability yes so well let's talk about these assessments i mean they seem pretty cool and and i'd love to know more about them and and really you know what happens if you don't do that you've talked a little bit about but let's talk mm-hmm. about the benefits of doing one and really just talk about what they're what they're about
1: yeah, absolutely. I think it all leads into taking that step to do an assessment and find out where you you are progressing. And that comment you were just talking about, how you see yourself um, making that progress, I think rather than an all in, we have to do this all at once and we're going to take all these steps and what's that return on investment I'm looking at and I, I just need to get a quick win here and then move forward and I'll consider those other things there. It's really important to take that long term approach to the sustainability opportunities. So something like the assessment gives you that framework. So it's broken down into the strengths and opportunities in spaces like energy, water, and waste, some key sustainability topics that are being addressed. And then it also looks at your governance and your larger corporate strategy. So that gets into some more of the transparency and data tracking that we've spoken to today. But by doing a sustainability assessment, you can start to see where those areas are that you want to focus on going forward so you can make that progress in the future. So when you do your end of the year report, you can say, we made great progress in this one area and then we're working toward this other one. And these are the steps we've taken to uh, increase our goals there. So the assessment itself helps you say, here we are, here's our strengths and then here's where we can uh, improve in the future. So if we're already doing a great job around energy efficiency, we want to highlight that in our marketing and in our reporting to things. And uh, those certifications, like we mentioned earlier, require you to do that kind of data tracking. And then if you say, we we haven't cracked the, the code yet on waste, you can say, this is something we're working to improve. This year, we set up the policies and procedures that will be implemented next year, and then you can say this is what we're going to highlight in the future. So you're constantly saying, what can we do and what are we already doing? Because I think you can get caught too much up um, with being concerned of we're not doing enough instead of saying we are doing these things here are some great wins we had and then acknowledge where you might have had some failures or challenges and then work to improve on those and overall i think the data transparency and building that um, communication and trust across your supply chain and your partners within the industry i think is so important so being involved in the different um, organizations within the regulated cannabis space is really important too and having that dialogue going. So the assessments themselves can give you that information. So you've taken the time to already build up the uh, information you need to have those conversations in that goal setting with your larger team. Um, and it works well, like you said, the mandate that some of those larger corporations have, but I think it can also be a strategy that the smaller to medium sized businesses that really thrive uh, as well to get going. And as the market has opened up, there's a lot of opportunity there to get this right as we go forward.
0: You know, one, one thing you touched on there that I think is important is, you know, the, the aspect of greenwashing. We've talked a lot about that on this Mm -hmm. show, you know, and companies say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to talk about sustainability because I'm going to get criticized for not doing enough. So they either Mm -hmm. say, you know, or they're, they're going to be criticized for greenwashing saying we are doing this. But from my -hmm. my perspective, that exactly said is what all companies need to do. You need to acknowledge where you are and you need to here's where we're going and you need to be public with that. So if you have a hundred things that you need to do and every month you're doing one of those improving on that and you're transparent with that plan, that's way better than not saying anything or not doing anything. So I, yeah. I would rather be a company that is trying to do what's mm-hmm. right. Even though you, you can't tomorrow say hundred oh, percent sustainable. Oh, done. That never works like that. It's always a process. As we talked about, it's the long game and to be transparent about that, not only internally, but to, mm-hmm. you have that as a merit of your brand that we are working toward a five-year plan. And these yeah. are the things we're going to do. That only is going to help you with, you know, your shareholders down to to brand, you know, your brand and brand advocates, partners, strategic partners, customers, whatever that is, because mm-hmm. doing something is better than doing nothing.
1: Yes. And an underlying uh, theme there, I'm Also, understanding from what you're sharing, Ben, is integrity is really important, too, especially in this space and given the history that you need to build off that relationship so you can have those partnerships and collaborations come your way in the future. So sustainability is a great way to build your integrity within the space and um, bolster your reputation.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I I see more... Uh, I want to see more collaboration within the industry all the way up and down the supply chain. You know, mm-hmm. so when a lot of companies say like, well, I'm not going to or, or the way that it's done now, we don't X, Y, Z, you know, whatever that is, cooperate, work on ways to be efficient, innovate like that. But what I'm saying is all up and down the supply chain, as we've had from episode number one in this show is all up and down the supply chain. If we can work together, and cooperate as an industry, we absolutely can reduce costs. We absolutely mm-hmm. can be more sustainable and really drive the industry forward in a healthy and positive way that mm-hmm. is transparent. Not not hold everything close to the vest and not share and, and not share information with one another. Really be so you know cooperative in every sense of the word, all up and down mm-hmm. the supply chain. And we're going to move the industry forward. And we will really obtain the goals that we want to do. Uh, and doing something like your assessment, I think, would be a good start for any company to do that, not just internally, but whom their partners are up and down to look for those efficiencies.
1: hmm. Yeah, great points there, Ben, and all of the organizations, you can have your team meetings and you can have your organizational um, approaches kind of locked down or have those figured out and have a lot of control there. But as you're speaking to that communication within the supply chain from the raw material phase all the way through the end of life where the consumers have the product and um continue on there, it is so important to have communication within all of those stages. So if you can start to build out that transparency and that willingness to report that out there, and as you uh, identified, build that benchmark reporting going forward on a monthly basis or find a reporting uh, cadence that that works for you, that is going to drive that um, sustainability leadership.
0: That's, that's great. Well, well, John, I'd like you to say uh, tell tell the viewers and listeners how they can get a hold of you, what the sure. website is, and um, you know how to how to talk to you about this assessment.
1: Great, yes. So, John Kessler III, e- easily enough to find me on LinkedIn there if that's your preferred platform. But you can also email me at. John Kester, that's J-O-H-N-K-E-S-T-E-R at zoneproperties.com, and that is our website as well, zoneproperties.com, and within that, you can find links to the services tab and get in touch with us uh, in in regards to those assessments. And those are things that we're willing to share with you and have that initial discussion and get the conversation going. This is something that the company's own properties has identified at being in the space for a number of years that they want to offer this conversation up and be part of the dialogue going forward. So this is something that we want to offer up as a pro bono.
0: Yeah. I mean, joining the conversation is the first place to start, even if mm-hmm. even if you're not doing anything, get into the conversation. I think that's that's yes. a great suggestion. Um, yeah. Great. So to end up here, tell me, what are you excited about working on this year at Zone Properties?
1: Uh- <laughs> (laughs) Yes, I'm really excited as more people are getting into the space, especially in Arizona, where we're based. We've been working with a lot of companies as they are starting to enter the market, as well as people who are expanding. So getting to work with even more people and getting a new influx and surge of uh, participants, I think is what excites me most because we can get more people talking about sustainability at the start of it and building the foundation within their business and then um, having that conversation at the outset. Uh, We have had success speaking to existing companies that are wanting to start around sustainability or want to integrate it, but it's great to start right at the beginning with these companies. So that's what excites me most. I want to see the industry continue to grow in a positive way, and I think sustainability is a key key way to do that.
0: Great. Well, you guys are not only part of the a conversation, but you're definitely part of the solution. So thanks again for coming on to the show. Uh, for any of you viewers or listeners out there, you can catch this episode or any of the past 40 episodes on uh, Anchor FM, um, Spotify, or Apple, as well as three or four other podcast platforms. So thanks again, John, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, Ben. Have a good day, everyone. Bye-bye.